G'day and freaking welcome to Oceanic Gaming Radio. It's a pleasure to be here yet again, bringing you yet even more gaming news, reviews, and hot takes. And boy, were there some hot takes last week, wasn't there, Grizzly? Holy moly, we've got some pretty angry people on our fucking Instagram. Just in in (laughs) saying that, we have Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. Uh, Anything else I'm missing? What else we got? Patreon. Patreon. There's snippets of our episodes going live to all those media sources. So if you want to see these hot takes, then uh, go check out our website. I think all those links should be on OGR.show or if you are just on those apps and you're looking for us, either look up OGR or Oceanic Gaming Radio. It's one or the other. one, One guy was like, that fucking bearded guy. Yeah, some fucking idiot with a beard. <laughs> Dude, you know you're winning when some guy calls you a fucking idiot with a beard. Uh, so good. Um, but yeah, go and check out those shorts if you want to get a bit of a laugh. Um, but anyways, look, this is episode 74. It is the 9th of the 10th, 2023. My name is Captain Perth. And alongside me, as always, Grizzly Gaming and No Pav Leverface this week. No. He's gone. He's, he's, uh, he's in packs and it looks like he's having a banger of a time, right? He's had a big one. Yeah. he's yeah. <laughs> I'm imagining he's probably pretty hungover because I've seen a lot of um, – we, we're in like a shared Discord for Ground Zero and I've seen a lot of questions about whether people are out on the beers and stuff and it's pretty much every night he's been there. So, uh, Did you see uh, yeah. what time he replied to our Facebook last night slash this morning? Cap, it was like 4.30 well, Don't forget he's on Melbourne time. Oh, okay. So maybe he was waking up early then, potentially. Yeah. yeah. Well, so what time was it? It was like 4.30 a.m. Still pretty early. That would have been like six issues time. Yeah. He doesn't yeah. have kids. What's he doing to get up that early? What an idiot. I don't know. That's stupid, mate. No one should do that. It's not my choice anyway. <laughs> Maybe he's flying back. Might have been a flight thing. Uh, but yeah, anyways, um, so it's just me and freaking Grizz this week, uh, and you're in for a freaking treat. Now, Grizz, I want to know how your weekend was, mate. What happened? Oh, my God, weekend. I don't even think about talking about this because I've completely forgotten what happened. But I've been on um, – I had some leave, which was really nice. So I kind of still feel like I'm on holidays. I even took today off today. My first official day starting the new job starts – tomorrow so shit yeah gearing up for that pretty dang excited but over the weekend what did i do cap oh i went to uh i went to your son's birthday mate which was yep bloody delightful at a first birthday party first birthday party and you know what i think you've done that right cap you know um sneaking the the beers at a birthday party (laughs) at a at a brewery uh while you while you can but um i will talk about the, the beverage that i had there cap so I looked yeah. up on the board and I looked at all the ones that were the highest percentage just because I was curious to know what a high percentage beer all of them. tastes like. Yeah, a lot of them are <laughs> bloody nuts. And um, yeah, this one that I had, Cap, was a, I think it was like an 18 percenter. It was a... Holy shit. Yeah, it was like... It wasn't a barley wine, was it? It was a barley wine. It was the... Yeah, it was a yeah. barley wine. And I got the... Um, he pulled out the glass and he wanted to pour it in. It was like a shot glass. And I was like, oh, I reckon I might get a size up from that. And you got the size up. And I was like, oh, I reckon I might get a size up from that. So I've gone the size up, double size up, one drink, and I was uh, feeling pretty, pretty. Were you dirty, fucked? Mate. Yeah, I was pretty was fucked. It, was, it, um, was it expensive for a big one? Yeah, I can't remember what it was, dude. It was like fucking 28 bucks or something for a big one. But it was, 
So just for context, we went to a pub down the road from me and it's got about 40, I think, different beers on tap at any given time and they rotate them very regularly, like virtually weekly. Uh, and they're not known for having too many kind of like easygoing, like 3.5 middies or anything on the board. It's generally like, you know, like pretty hard going IPAs and stouts and, yeah. you know, they, they're pretty pretty often have barley wines and shit but it's such a good pub i love it they do a, a fucking awesome smash burger oh dude, uh, the dutch trading co in victoria yes. park perth Too they good. um they bought out little mini smash burgers cap that were just yeah no right yeah well done on the i didn't get a chance to have good. one because i was too busy fucking around talking to everyone yeah that's the thing <laughs> eh? when people come yeah. to your party you gotta bloody at least say hello to everyone it's tough i know mate. it's hard but uh, well, what else did you get to, mate? Apart from apart from that, anything? Me and Pandy else? stayed up real late on for um, Saturday night, Friday night. Can't remember one of the nights, and played a bunch of Dota. Um, we Shit, are on yeah. like a fifteen-game ranked win streak right now. Are we are preparing me? ourselves for TI because we're probably going to be there. I reckon. We are absolutely running Holy hot. Shit. We've been dominating the offlane cap, so I've been playing a position. Wow. Position five, uh, four. And Pandy plays the position three, and it's just been yep. a lot of fun. Been really enjoying that. So, so more of a support role for you, and yeah, a bit support of an role. I actually think that is. Andy. I think that is my role. Cap. I actually quite like that. Yeah, yeah, I enjoy it. What's your go-to here at the moment? I've been absolutely slamming Silencer recently, um, for a number of reasons. So, I mean, there's going to be nerds out there that don't understand Dota, but um, essentially, this this hero that I play allows you to silence every enemy on the map regardless of where they are for five seconds and so i find yeah. that playing that as, so a, that as a support it gives you the ability to impact a fight no matter where you are on the map but also he has this thing where if someone dies in your vicinity you gain two permanent intelligence and they lose two permanent intelligence so the scaling is actually really good by the end of the game usually you're hitting like a, a truck and then early you're able to uh you know kind of make the most of those engagements by silencing the enemy team. So, yeah, I've been uh, pumping that, and he's been pumping a lot of Axe and a lot of Sand King. So just strong yeah. lanes, mate. Strong lanes. Good shit, mate. Nice. And what about Sunday? Well, fairly cruisy. Um, Sunday I went to the in-laws for, uh, for dinner in the afternoon, which was great. I went and had a couple of beers. Um, I got some belated birthday presents. I got a bottle of Jack Daniels, and I've also oh. got a... It's like a oh, cap. It's like a um, stubby holder, but you put your beer in it. It's a metal thing. And then is it a Yeti? It's a Yeti. Yeah. Yeah, I do it. Those. They're yeah. great, man. They're really good. Like, um, exceptionally I've heard they're really good. good. Um, and they keep your beer freaking cold, man, because it virtually locks it in to the point where the only possible way for it to lose heat is through the top of it. And, oh, I mean, is that that's, how that works? Yeah, okay. That yeah, makes sense. it's like a really good, good, like, you know, what do you call that? Like an insulator? Do you have one of those? Because um, they're like really popular. Nah. Like all the Yeti products are, are uh, very popular. They're a bit of a thing. I think everyone like, you know, like a bit of a meme about like, oh, man, mate, got me bloody Yeti, you know, like fucking pretty cool bloke over here. <laughs> but like they are legitimately really good. But I think like <laughs> it's the kind of thing where like, you know, you buy a Yeti cooler and then all of a sudden you've got a Yeti Esky and you've got a Yeti trucker's hat and you've got mm -hmm. a Yeti pair of 
thongs and board shorts and like because you become a big Yeti fan. So I don't know. It's it good though. Good. They're good quality. So yeah, well, nice, yeah. mate. Oh, now Freaking the other thing that I forgot, excellent. Cap, is I did do a drum stream on Friday night, um, prepping for this slate of shows we've got coming up. Uh, our first show for Renegades of Rock is not this weekend, but the following weekend, I believe. So prepping for that. But yep. yeah, I think I'm pretty much ready to go, mate. I feel some of the songs are I'm not used to playing difficult drum songs live. So yep. um, one of the ones I was dealing with that was particularly hard was uh, Everlong by Foo Fighters, mate. It's an absolute, Dave Grohl's just an animal behind the kit. So, oh, um, dude, big time. It's been yeah, cool. He's been an animal ever since he started playing music. Yeah. Yep. Madman, um, mm. oh yeah, now, big time. Uh, what's what's kind of the the song that you're most looking forward to smashing out? On oh, stage, dude, though? I love drumming "Toxicity" by System of the Down. I think it is one of oh, my dude, favorite yes. drum tracks. You know, it sounds a lot more difficult than what that is to drum, but it's just such a satisfying song to play. Um, love it so. Dude, fuck yeah! Look, look forward to uh, banging that one out for sure. Now, Kate, what about you, mate? What's been happening? How was your how's your weekend? What happened? Yeah, well, really good. Like you said, we had um, Ted's first birthday party on Saturday and I had a bunch of beers and um, just kind of, you know, social butterfly and all that kind of stuff. That was great fun. Uh, and then Sunday, I didn't do an awful lot, honestly. I kind of just chilled out majorly. Uh, we had a lot of like cleaning up and stuff we wanted to do and, um, you know, just kind of just bits and pieces like that. Um so I was, you know, fairly quiet over that Sunday. I ended up taking Ted to the park in the afternoon, and then um, gave Mia a couple of hours to herself, and um, and then I took Ted to the pub because um, you know Saturday clearly wasn't enough. So me and him, he had a he had a rice cracker, <laughs> nice. and I had an IPA. It was great. Oh, so was that a boys' trip to the pub? Cap was it made or? Yeah, well, we because I kind of like I kind of we 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 went to the park, and I was like, okay, you know, we've been here for about an hour, and. You know, probably should get moving because, you know, some was getting a little bit dark. It wasn't too bad, though, but just thought we'd start making our way home and kind of got halfway there and I was like, oh, I feel like we should maybe hang out for a bit longer and just kind of give mum a little bit longer to chill. And um, I thought, well, fuck it. I'll just go and have a beer quickly at the pub. And so I had a little schooner <laughs> and um, then headed home. It was great. Did you, how <laughs> pissed were you after Ted's uh, – did you have a good couple of beers after at Ted's birthday, oh, mate? Look, I, I didn't get too stumped because, yeah. like, Ted's been sleeping like shit. So yeah, yeah, it's not yeah, really yeah. worth the uh, worth the pain uh, of a hangover and uh, not an awful lot of sleep during the night. So – uh, I, I had a I had a fair few, but I wasn't uh, beyond redemption or anything. So, you know, kind of, uh, I think it was just the perfect amount uh, to get through the night effectively, <laughs> which yeah, was no. good. We didn't end up eating an awful lot of food at the um, thing again because we we're just talking to everyone. So we ended up going home and order a bunch of macas, which is pretty hilarious. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, it was good, great yeah. night, and uh, yeah. and yeah, great, pretty good weekend. So um, uh, hopefully, I think this weekend we're much quieter, which I'm quite looking forward to. Because well, last week was just a lot of getting prepared for Ted's birthday and stuff. So um, yeah, yeah, it was just uh, you know just a lot of a lot of shit going on. But yeah, anyway, happening, mate. Yep. Beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. Love it. That was me, mate. So well, look, let's just freaking jump in, mate. Um, you know, usual house rules. If you would like to watch this episode live you can do so by simply going to uh twitch.tv slash oceanic gaming radio and you can do that uh on monday nights from a 7 p 
p.m. Australian Western Standard Time. Uh, we are normally live. You can join legends such as Airy J. Belly is here. Pavlova face. Ahoy. Uh, straight Jacket Jim. Lost Mix. Uh, Slatos. Blindside of Moose. Uh, yeah, come and join the freaking the, the freaking conversation. Come and say g'day. Uh, and otherwise, if you want to do it in your own time, that's easy. Just go and look up Oceanic Gaming Radio or OGR. Uh, on any of your favorite podcasting platforms, uh, you can go to ogr.show, find all the information there to uh, you know get directed to where best you like to listen to your podcasts. Uh, but yeah, don't worry, we're available virtually everywhere. Uh, now, outside of that, uh, if you are listening to this via podcast, would appreciate a big thumbs up slash five stars slash review, uh, positive things only. Uh, otherwise, we'll be sad. Now, uh, apart from that, big thanks to our wonderful Patreons. Uh, you too can uh, support this podcast financially by going to patreon.com slash OGR show and dropping some big ones into our wallet. Uh, which is going directly to editing uh, YouTube mm-hmm. shorts and getting Bethesda yeah. fanboys incredibly <laughs> angry. Pissing them off. <laughs> which you wait. I mean, I don't know. That's a Cap. pretty good fucking uh, you know financial. Kind you of wait till the Diablo Four fanboys come after us after this episode today, mate. Dude. There will there'll be yeah. there'll be riots in the streets. I'm sure. Make sure you lock your fucking doors, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Christ. But yeah, so uh, look, just want to say a big thanks to our wonderful existing patrons. They are the following legends Sukai, Moosey, Caging Run, Sergeant Paul, Lee GD, J Libs, Brendan, Dan Fantastic, and Strops. Appreciate you, legends. I'm about to sneeze. Uh, uh, There we go. Um, All right. So, Grizz. Yes, you. Yep. Big big old quest log. We've got about, well, look, we've got a bunch of stuff on here. We're going to see how much we can get through. Um, probably the biggest thing we wanted to chat about tonight is Diablo 4 and Grizz. Mm. Something that I predicted. I don't yep. know if you remember. What? What did you predict? That it would come to Steam next after Overwatch. Look, I don't know whether I need to ask you this question now or after we've broken this down a little bit, but I can't help but think it coming to Steam is... Blizzard's way of saying, fuck, we need this in front of more people. How do we do that? Oh, we release oh, it to Steam. 100%, 100% is, dude. Like, this is, in my opinion, this is a perfect insight into what is actually happening in Blizzard. And I think, I, I don't think Diablo 4 is doing very fucking well. Um, no. And I mean, we'll, we'll dive straight into it, but it's, I think the writing is definitely very much on the wall. I think they're probably player numbers have kind of shit the bed dramatically. Yep. And I think they probably were hoping that they wouldn't have to do this so quickly. Uh, but guess what? Um, I think, you know, now they're trying to claw in the, the gamers that refuse to download the Battle.net app. And, uh, Steam and is where out. they send uh, their graveyard games, Cap. Like Overwatch 2 is over on Steam now as well, I believe. And, yep. Uh, yep. Yep, we don't we don't have WoW obviously because that uh, continues to tick along nicely. But um, well, exactly, they can they can still keep that cohort of people on that platform. But uh, yeah. yeah, so look, uh, Diablo Four is going to be coming to Steam on October seventeenth. Mm-hmm. Uh, the it's it's live now, so you can you know wish list it if you so wish. Uh, yeah. So we, I mean, the current places we'll have it will be Battle BattleNet, obviously uh, Xbox Series or just the Xbox kind of ecosystem. PlayStation 5 and 4, 
uh, and then we'll have it on Steam as well. So, uh, yeah. you know, slowly expanding the places from where you can play that game. But I think the interesting thing, Grizz, for me, and just one thing to note that it will be cross-play enabled with Steam beyond everyone. Yeah. Um, but uh, the interesting thing for me is you're going to have to, well, it's not really interesting. It's I think it was fairly fucking obvious, but you have to pay for it again if you want it on Steam. Wow. So I wonder, you know, we talked about this back when Overwatch 2 was announced to, to pull across and we kind of discussed how it is quite annoying to have multiple game launches. And obviously, you know, Steam is, I would say, nearly everybody's preferred launch. Everyone hates fucking Epic Games. Get rid of that. Um, but it's also here. always a pain to keep um, the Battle.net launch updated for if you've got um, those games. The only time I ever have it updated is when I'm playing Diablo 3 or when I've got WoW. But, you know, I do think, Cap, that potentially having Diablo 4 on Steam will allow more people to buy that game from the storefront. I think that there probably will be people that might pick that up. Because, you know, I actually think Steam does a reasonable job, Cap, at recommending games to you based on your Steam library and what you like to play. Um, I've actually yeah, found a, a couple of roguelites that um, I've played from that recommend, recommended list. But who knows? Maybe now Diablo 4 will pop up in someone's recommended list and they'll, and they'll buy it. So Yeah, um, I don't think you're wrong. And there's a lot of um, true-blooded Steam-only freaking gamers uh they will yeah. not touch another launcher um with a 10 foot pole uh and that especially includes the blizzard launcher so i think having it on that ecosystem are going to be is going to be you know you know fairly um lucrative probably in the end for for blizzard we might even find there's a fair few people that maybe again have friends in that bucket and refuse to play during the Battle.net release initially and then uh now all of a sudden they probably got those people starting to play and they've got friends who are probably willing to buy it again on, on steam and have the cross play element going. So, mm, yep, um, because I mean, you'll, you'll be able to obviously import your, I assume import your steam, uh, yeah. import your battle net character through steam. Yeah. I would hope so. so yeah. Yeah. Um, but it looks like this is all going to be kind of roughly coinciding with, um, well, it is 100% coinciding with the, uh, well, Diablo 4's next season. We've had the first season, which was Season of the Malignant, I believe. That's and right. the next yep. season coming out is Season of Blood, So, uh, which is a vampire-themed one, Grizzly. Yeah, same date, mate. So the law behind this one is Invasion of Vampires. Um, it kind of goes that there is a, a vampire um, big bad boss that's been laid dormant for quite a while. Lord Zer, and for whatever reason, has risen up um, and risen? Is using, using citizens and stuff to um, expand his vampire empire. Um, so during the events of season two, you will actually yourself be infected uh, with vampirism and you'll get access to a suite of vampire powers, obviously fulfilled through the cravings of blood and other tools as well. So um, look, the law kind of is very separate to Diablo lore that we've seen. You know, Lord Zer is not a boss we've seen in, in any previous Diablo lore that I know of, Cap, but um, I don't know. It seems to be reasonably well written. Like the if you go and watch the trailers for this, um, you know, they've done a pretty good job at, at presenting this storyline and, and how it fits in. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, see how it goes. I don't know, it's going to be interesting to see how well it performs because 
I'm not too sure. I, I just haven't seen anything that really pulls me in and makes me want to really give it a crack. And I think the big thing for me, Grizz, is, you know, Diablo 4's biggest calling card was a, an immensely satisfying campaign. Uh, yeah, and beyond absolutely. that, I didn't really have any kind of, I don't know, incentive to go back and do anything beyond that and do Endgame. Look, Cap, this isn't pulling me in either. Um, and I thought maybe we could just talk through the the uh, the season a little bit and what it's offering, and then I was hoping to have a good discussion with you around the rise and fall of Diablo Four. Obviously, it's not faring too well in terms of numbers and concurrent players, but I wanted to talk a little bit about some stats and then theory crafting the reasons why it has dropped off so much in in media and, and people playing it to date and. Yeah, kind of breaking that down. But in terms of the um, DLC cap, so like I was mentioning, seasonal powers. So you get these, basically the way that this season works is you will be inflicted with uh, vampirism and you get access to a a bunch of powers that you need to kind of harvest, uh, like these blood harvests through world events and other bits and pieces, similar to the way that the previous world events work. So they'll be kind of marketed in certain areas, timing-based, and you'd go there and you'll fulfill bounties and things in there to get your blood harvest as you go. Um, you'll be able to find items, um, legendary items, that I believe for you to unlock uh, the kind of power of that item, you'll need to fill it with these blood packs using the currency that's dropping in the game. So they've kind of like built in this semi-skill tree that sits within some of the items based on blood. Um, seems okay. kind of interesting, Cap. Uh, adds like another yeah. a whole little bit to the game. Um, They've also implemented this thing where they've got these summonable bosses as well, which are only available in the World Tier 3 and World Tier 4 difficulties. So late game. Okay, so you've got a bit of pumping to do if you're not there yet. Got a bit of pumping to do to get up there. And the final boss apparently has higher chance than any other way in the game to drop those extremely rare items, which are the ones that are like the sub 1% chance uh-huh. of drop. So I can't remember. I wonder what called, the new but... percentage is on those. They were called like ultra rares or something, yeah. weren't they? Yeah. We've spoken about them before where literally like one drop did like two months or something ridiculous. Yeah, people believed that they legitimately didn't exist. And the only yeah. reason why they did exist was someone some random bloke had put a picture of one on Twitter somewhere. He's like, look, I got up. it. Yeah, it's like less than <laughs> chance to win lotto to find some of these items. So so um, crazy, man. Yeah. So crazy. But I mean, it'll be interesting to see like what the actual drop rate on that is now. Like, uh, I'd imagine they'll probably still keep them fairly rare. Like maybe a few more floating around out in the wild. Because I guess like there's probably a semi marketing thing with that, right, Grizz? Because like someone goes on Twitter, they post, oh, I've got this really rare item, check it yeah. out. And then it gets yeah. a bunch of shares. People go, oh, look, it's Diablo. Maybe I want to go and give that a crack. So, you yeah. know, if they can get a few more of those drops happening, a bit more hype build up, built up, maybe that's their kind of angle there to try and, you know, I mean, because otherwise, there was, I mean, what? There's definitely the two takes to it. Hey, like some people hated the fact that they were such low drop rate and nearly impossible to get. And like, you know, saying things like you could play the game for a lifetime and never get one of these items. But, I actually kind of feel like that I quite like the chances of having a really, really slim chance to find something that probably no one else in Australia is going to have. Um, I actually yeah. don't. I actually don't mind that. Uh, you, you know, you just play the game, pretend they're not well, there, and if you if you find it one day, exactly. That's what I was going to say. Like, I mean, you can't think of like you can't you can't approach the game 
with the intention that, oh, I need that for my build. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly right. It's, it's like saying, I'm not going to try in life because I'm just going to buy a lot of tickets every day and I hope, I'm going to hope for the best and otherwise yeah. I guess I'm fucked. <laughs> you know, what, like, you're not going to do that, are the, you? Um, what was the chance of to get like um, that wow sword, the Wind Fury or whatever oh, it is, that crazy one? Dude, it was fucking minuscule. I mean... I mean, even even like the Invincible's Reigns that drops from the Lich King, I mean, that's like sub 1%. And, mm. you know, you also think about how You can only often do that once a week or something, can't you? Do it once like a week per character, you know, yeah. like, you know, it's almost impossible to get for a, for a lot of it. So, yep. you know, it's, Blizzard are no, uh, no chumps when it comes to, you know, super low drop rate shit. And I don't know, I'm with you, Grizz. I'm... Mm. It's, I don't really care that they're there, but the thought of getting them is kind of rad. Like, because you'd go, okay, well, I guess I need to incorporate this into my build somehow. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, overall, cool. Um, yeah. A few more so, dropping. Excellent. So, look, I actually reckon this season looks okay. And I think the way that they presented it was pretty good. And at the end, they, they're obviously really trying to pull people back into this cap because, you know, they obviously know it's not in a very good place, but kind of saying that this is the largest content update that we've had for Diablo 4 yet. You know, we put the most time of into, into this yeah, out of two into this content <laughs> update. Um, so they're gonna it's gonna be coming with a new seasonal journey as well, which is basically like a, a quest okay. board, um, essentially yep. where you've got to go through and um, there are rewards based on what you complete for that seasonal journey. And of course, Cap, there is also the seasonal battle pass that will be coming out. Uh, there is a free battle pass should you be jumping back into season two. Um, there's yep. also a paid battle pass. All the cosmetics are based around vampire themed. So think of like, you know, I actually think it looks a lot like the Ven- Venthyr um, theme from uh, WoW, uh, the last WoW yeah. expansion, Shadowlands yep. expansion. So quite dark, um, gothic kind of looking. Yep. Definitely uh, hitting that for sure. Yeah, they look pretty cool. Uh, so if you're into that, if you're into Diablo 4 cosmetics, then uh, you might be interested in, in, in this. But look, I can look, it looks that. pretty cool. Like, it does look pretty but cool. I think, I think the thing for me, Grizz, is like, uh, I, I just feel like I'm kind of playing the same fucking game still. Dude, like, there's not enough variation there outside of the the core game loop. Uh, yeah. And I, I think, I think, like, maybe five or so seasons down the track, when they've added a shitload to the game, I can come in and be like, oh, there's heaps all this new shit I can do now that mm. I didn't know about. Like. I think that's maybe when I'll probably come back to Diablo, if at all. Oh, um, man. Yeah. Look, I'm in two kind of minds about it now, and I will get into my take on it when I, when I dig into this, the, the rise and fall of Diablo 4, which I've been, yeah. well, I've been pushing Cap to have a session on this for a while. But I honestly think, mate, that I, I don't know whether Diablo 4 is ever going to be in a position where we want it to be. I think they're trying to tread this fine line between pleasing the stakeholders and making enough money um, and providing content for its player base. And that fine line is just slowly tilting towards making dollars. And and unfortunately, that gives us a not very enjoyable player experience. And there's a lot of little yeah. reasons why that is. And I just don't see myself coming back in for season season two. I mean, who knows, Cap? As they develop the late game, maybe we'll check it out. But I don't think it's going to be my forever game like I hoped it would be. Which, no, um, which it's a shame, game. man. Because you, you know what, like, for all this shit I kind of give it, like you really have to take your hat off to Destiny 2 because, you know, they have their ups and downs, but ultimately like they keep churning out a pretty replayable 
game as a service game that you can yeah, just fucking do. get back in and shoot the shit and do some stuff in, you know, like it's, yeah. it's amazing. Whereas, you know, even, it seems like, you know, Blizzard can't even fucking get it right these days. Well, they you haven't. Know, it's crazy. Uh, so the thing is, Cap, Destiny has this core gameplay loop that is enjoyable. It's got the mixture of fun. It's monetized well. Um, you don't feel like the money that you've, should you pour money into that game is wasted because the content's enjoyable. The raids are enjoyable, everything else. Yeah. Diablo 4 just hasn't got that yet. They haven't got the core gameplay yeah. mechanic down. It doesn't reward you to play anything past the story. So why no. would you go spend money on the season? And this is when- what I'm, you know, I said it before, like I do really feel like Diablo needs a raid or something, some kind of con- like like pinnacle content like that, like a, a full-on raid where you can go in with a bunch of different players and, you know, do that kind of... I mean, I guess they're trying to maybe set themselves apart from something like World of Warcraft and have that separation between the two experiences. But at the same time, man, like, they're pretty... They're not... Okay, they're not the same game, but there's similarities there. I don't think there's a big issue with that, but mm. I guess maybe they're just trying to draw the line in the sand. But um, but just before we do dive in super quick into the... Um, Yep. The your your bit to pieces, Grizz. I, mm. uh, one thing I noticed, man, is they have kind of repurposed the fact that uh, Diablo Immortal had a vampire season as well. Is that right? Do you reckon they're just pulling yeah. stuff from that? And well, I don't know, man. Like, I'm kind of wondering whether maybe they went, let's do a vampire season, and we can kind of accelerate the development on it because. You know, we can kind of maybe use some of the same shit maybe we didn't use in the mobile version or maybe some of the ideas that didn't quite make the cut because it was too difficult to put out on the mobile uh, or whatever. I don't know. Kind of, I I mean, of course, you know, vampires are a fairly common theme, but ultimately I kind of feel like, hey, why didn't you do a different theme than the, the fucking mobile experience it seems a bit <laughs> dude uh, i wonder like what the content's going to be like going forward how they're going to keep pulling stuff out diablo 3 is interesting their seasons because they they don't really tie any lore or story into it they just give you different mechanics that yeah. happen but diablo 4 they're really going hard on providing you an extra piece of story in the diablo 4 universe and then they tie the season into that which i think it could either be fantastic later down the track to get people invested or it could just be shit because they run out of yeah. ideas to make it, could it be convincing. Garbage. Yeah. 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 So uh, we'll I, don't know. I think the other issue is with Diablo 4 is they've really locked themselves in really hard with the aesthetic that they're going for, that like really dark and gritty thing. Whereas with Diablo 3, they had a bit more fun yeah. with the kind of look and feel of the game. Yeah. And, you know, they chuck yeah. You could find like the there. unicorns when you go into yeah. like special rifts and yeah. all the different type of goblins, like the treasure goblins. And yeah. Yeah. Cool. I feel like there isn't that much wiggle room in Diablo 4. So it's, it's probably yeah. going to make it more difficult for them to maybe take the seasons in a more whimsical way, but maybe they just go fuck it at some point and just have a bit of fun with it. But I don't know. We'll see. Regardless, Grizz, tell me your thoughts okay. on where Diablo 4 is. Why wanna, are we here? All right, I wanted to talk about the rise and fall of Diablo 4, and I want to start from the top. Um, look, I'm trying to – I'm going to try – this is like not a biased opinion. I'm trying to bring facts into this. Um, I've done a bit of research and other people that are in the industry as well that have their opinions on this, and I've taken theirs, and I've used the bits that I think are relevant. Bits that aren't. Um, so we'll start with statistics, Cap. We'll start right at the top. So the release of Diablo mm-hmm. 4. 
It was the fastest selling Blizzard title ever. Um, it sold more units than any other Blizzard title um, in its initial stages uh, of release, and an estimated uh, ten over ten million copies sold worldwide. So, a huge release for for them. Um, estimated revenue-wise, around about one billion dollars in revenue in its first quarter, which is, is massive wild. in sales. Um, quite literally, one of the biggest releases to date, and it was heavily anticipated, obviously coming off the back of. Um, those original Diablo releases. Now, what happened from their cap was, I don't know exactly what happened, but I definitely felt this. I felt like everyone was playing this game. You, know, you and I included. Um, yep. I had multiple WhatsApp groups with people messaging me saying, let's play Same. Diablo 4. I had like multiple Discord groups set up with people playing Diablo 4, had a guild. Everyone was jumping in, um, enjoying it. It was absolutely popping. Twitch exposure was massive for this game everyone on my friends list for Battle.net was playing this game and then quite quickly um that hype just disappeared in a very short period of time and i would nearly say cap it fizzled um quicker than i've seen a game fizzle probably ever which is insane yeah so one thing i just want to really quickly insert into here grizz yeah and traditionally Diablo gamers are probably going to be older generation gamers. Um, maybe, yep. you know, we're seeing the effect of time on these, you know, this this group of video gamers where maybe because they're older, maybe have more responsibilities, can't put as much time into video games. Maybe they kind of, you know, the game structure of Diablo 4 just in general didn't really sit well mm-hmm. with, you know, people having to try and actually have a life outside of video gaming and the amount of time required for Diablo. And maybe we just sort of kind of natural fizzle off because it was just kind of the cohort of people. Kind of like, you know, people use the term, uh, uh, what is it, a boomer shooter for like Quake and stuff like that. And Diablo's yeah. kind of yeah. in the same vein, man. Like yeah, it's, a boomer, it it's a boomer fucking action RPG. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it brought a lot of people in through nostalgia for sure. And you know what? I actually think they did a reasonable job at catering for the casual because it took them longer Agreed. to get through the story. And it kept people engaged because that's where the grind came after. You know, once you've reached the story, it's really hard. But uh, I'll I'll keep talking about metrics here. So um, right now, now, as of a couple of hours before the podcast, I just wanted to check to see where Diablo 4 was in the directory. And in no way, shape or form is directory position on Twitch a great indication of a game's success. But it does tell you whether it's popular media or not. Usually if something's yeah. being consumed in a, in a higher number on YouTube and Twitch, it's a pretty good representation that people enjoy watching that media. How big's the um, community, you know? How pretty big's easy. the community? Exactly. So, Kat, Diablo 2 Resurrected is copying, was copying 730-odd views. Diablo 3, yeah. 580. Um, Diablo 4 had 400, so it was the least out of the Diablo really? franchise games on there. Yeah. That is crazy. And to put wow. this even more into perspective, its direct competitor, um, Path of Exile, is copying 5,500 views uh, when I looked it up this afternoon. So wow. it's just not being viewed on Twitch. And I'm not sure whether, why exactly. I've got to, I'm going to jump into why I think that is in a second. But um, if you look at the player base cap, so in the first uh, June 6th release, the first month of release, we had 
6.7 million players, 6.7 million players playing the game, estimated. Um, yeah. It's now estimated that we have 40,000 players at a minimum um, peak in a day. So that's a 99% decline in player uh, since its initial release. So people just aren't playing that game right now. That's exponential backwards. Yes, exponentially (laughs) backwards. Yeah. So, you know, these, these, these stats don't really lie. They're telling this picture, right? The game released, huge success. People were playing it. Now they're just not playing it. They're not watching it. So a um, bit of a breakdown on, on why you think this is. Off the top of your head, Cap, why, do you, why did you stop playing the game? What was it that, that kind of made you uh, not want to Lack of incentive in to continue to play beyond the story. Uh, and I feel like the general gameplay loop just wasn't, like compelling there was just i wasn't compelled to stay in there like yeah i felt like i was wasting my time i felt the exact same way so you know i think a lot of people felt this way same way we felt about it but you know once you've completed the story um anything after that into the late game is just unrewarding and you're grinding away for literally like sometimes a one percent chance to find a one percent increase in your power spike so that's what a lot of uh a lot of the content creators for Diablo are saying is it's just not rewarding to play in the end game because no. even the items that you find are capped at a certain amount that they, of power they can give you. So it's yeah. not like you're going to find that holy grail item unless you find one of the one in a million and you yeah the ultra rig the ultra rare, rare it's just, it's just not it's not great. Um, so there's that, but also cap the time. So the time to level from one to sixty, no one to eighty is the same to level from 80 to 100. So it's just like... And if you're going to expect that every fucking season, it's time to do that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's time to do that. No one. Well, I don't. (laughs) Again, coming back to the whole boomer thing and having responsibilities, Chris, like no one has time to put that much time into a game that's not particularly fun. So it's not only the gameplay loop cap here as well. Um, Blizzard actually burnt a lot of people's hopes for the game with the release of season one. So I don't know if you remember this happening, but season one was quite hyped up. People thought, yes, this is going to be the chance for Blizzard to fix the game, give us an end game and reward everyone. What they actually ended up doing is nerfing every single class yeah. and their damage um, and their clear speed. And they made everyone's class on a level playing field, which when you think about that, that sounds like a great idea, but it just took so much power away from a lot of people's builds and survivability uh, leading into that. And it just made the game play not particularly nice. Um, and on top of this cap, this is actually interesting because I've whinged about this before, but time wasting is a major issue in Diablo 4. Like everything you do in that game feels like, to me, like the devs have purposely done that to waste your time. And yeah. I actually found a YouTube video and it's called 100 Ways Blizzard Are Wasting Your Time uh, in Diablo 4 and it lists them all but <laughs> some of the um some of the key ones that I think really broke the camel's back is with the release of season 1 cap they increased the teleport time out of a dungeon from 3 seconds to 5 seconds absolutely huh. no reason to do that apart from wanting that to, well, to be increased in time normally you'd um, reduce that kind of thing yeah why 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 have a channel time of your tv you know? um the bonus XP from killing higher level monsters than your level was reduced. So a lot of people were trying to get geared up and then push content that was harder. The reward would be for pushing harder content to get more XP. 
So in that patch, they also reduced that bonus XP that you could get from from grinding high level mobs. Um, personal favorite of mine, Cap. It takes you thirty seconds to travel between the vendors in most of the towns. So you want to go to yeah, the blacksmith. You go to the blacksmith and you do your thing. And then you want to go to the stash, and then you want to go to the jeweler, and then you got to drop off stuff back in your stash. All of a sudden, once you've done that round trip, it's a five minute time in town and yeah. all these little things combined like the way they put the waypoints and the dungeons on the other side of the map so every time you've got to do a dungeon you've got to run to that dungeon you Get can't the reset the dungeon there. all the way out there and you're going to do all this whole thing and Backwards you know and forwards, yeah. i know that this is a classic and you look back on on world of warcraft vanilla and i know that you were like literally walking across continents and stuff but it 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 left me feeling like Someone has very cleverly designed this game so that I'm not gaining XP, so that I'm not progressing my battle pass, so that I'm not working my way through too quickly through the game. And people yeah. are feeling the same way. Um, so anyway, after all this has happened, Cap Season 1 was released. Um, a lot of changes, people not happy, review bombing happened. Um, so... A lot, if you look at the stores for Diablo 4 right now, um, the PS5 review, I believe, is at 1.8 out of 10. The PC review is at something like 2.2 out of 10. The other platforms around 3.5 out of 10. Um, so a lot of people really not happy with this. And coinciding with this, Cap, they also started pushing a lot of the monetization stuff. So um, we know for a fact that there was a, apparently there was a, bit of a bug where um you could buy the battle pass with one click um there was no i think it was called dark yeah. patterns cap there, there was no like confirmation definitely button. a dark pattern and i don't think it's changed since but um it was like tucked away under a button you would click a lot um yeah. within your ui and it would auto purchase the battle pass if you had a card linked to your account <laughs> so it's just <laughs> fucking shit man <laughs> Typical fucking Blizzard shit. Yeah. Um, and also just the way that the, the shop kind of almost felt like a Diablo Immortal to me, Cap, where, you know, it was always visible for you to buy stuff. If you, I don't know if you've opened up your Battle.net recently, but you open up the Battle.net and it brings up like the premium currency and the Battle Pass and stuff for Diablo 4 as well. And I feel like it's just very uh, corporate-y. And look, that, that's... Oh, yeah. That's kind of my sweet. My last point that I wanted to say, the downfall of Diablo 4 cap is the release of Baldur's Gate 3 was, could not have been at a better time. So we're feeling a combination of all these things from Diablo 4. It wasn't living up to expectation. We're waiting for seasons. And then out came Baldur's Gate 3 that was just a completely a a passion, passion project for a a lot of people. and And it just... It took uh, it took probably a lot of people away from 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 that game to have a break and maybe haven't gone back. Um, yeah, yeah. There's the breakdown. Know, man. What are you? Any any additional little bits and pieces around around it, Capo? I I just think, dude, like we're suffering overall from just like triple A big business game makers exhaustion, like. These companies are just, they are making every effort to minimize the amount of effort that goes into these video games and maximize the amount of profit that comes out of them Um, because that's just their fucking shtick, dude. And like, you know, you look at, you look at Diablo and, you know, all the, all the fucking 
pretext for that game from coming from marketing and everything else was you know this isn't a mobile game and you know we're making sure that we're minimizing the amount of fucking um you know microtransactions yeah. and this that, <laughs> that and was all else. that like, leading the, up to it yeah the mm. fucking the the freaking like if you want to buy a set of armor in that game it's twenty dollars yeah $20. that's another good point Are you joking me? so you can do the whole seasonal pass right unlock all the currency in the seasonal pass uh which they give you the premium currency and still all the stuff that you've gotten from doing every mission in the seasonal pass isn't enough to buy the cheapest item in the item shop. Yeah, pretty so cool, they, Blizzard. They want you just to add some extra bucks in there to buy that. that yeah, because then, cause then you, they, you'll go, oh, you know, I'm only, I'm only 10 fucking <laughs> silver off buying that 20 gold thing. Oh, and guess what? The, the cheapest way to buy gold is it's probably a $15 fucking add-on pack. So all of a sudden they've yep. got another 15 bucks out of you. You know, it's just, yep. it's, it's all these stupid ways to buy shit. And you see it in other games, but I feel like Diablo has done a real poor job at like hiding it from you they as have. a game because it's they pretty have. fucking easy to see. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I don't yeah. know. I think ultimately dude, like, you know, it's the, I, I think I think Diablo as a game needs to be fast paced and you always want to be moving. But I feel like there's lots of points in that game where you feel like you're not moving because you're having to go and get rid of all the shit in your inventory. And then I'm having to go out to fucking to this dungeon. But this, that's not what the game was. And it never has been. It's about clearing mobs off a screen constantly. And you don't get to do that as much as you should in Diablo 4. And it doesn't I, feel even as fun as it used to in any previous games. I 100% agree. And this 100 uh, ways to waste your time in Diablo 4, one of them was also, Cap, about um, the little roadblocks that the enemies have set up. So yeah. you have to get off your horse in mean, a lot of cases yeah. to break that roadblock and then get back on it. And it's like, and yeah. then to get on your horse, if you get off your horse, you've got to wait five seconds to get back on your horse and ride yeah. again. It's like, fuck, they've yeah. got me. They got, they've just got us. But Cap, look, look, I will say this. It is easy to jump on the band, bandwagon of Blizzard hate. It is easy. Oh, for because, sure. Absolutely. You know, they've obviously got a bit of a history, which we don't need to go into now, but you know, I myself and probably everyone else around the place loves a good excuse to give Blizzard a hard time. But I truly feel in the case of Diablo 4, they have meticulously designed this game. Um, they've got a very clever development team. They're trying to deliver these uh, targets for shareholders. Blizzard is a big company. And they're trying to find this balance between making a game that people are going to play, a game that is fun, and between monetizing it in a way that's going to make them ongoing money. And I really feel like they have not done that. They haven't listened no. to their community. People aren't happy. People aren't playing the game. Yes, we bought it originally, but I don't think people are going to continue to play this until they... I'm not going to buy Battle Pass. I'm not going to buy seasonal content. Why would I? I'm not, I don't feel like I'm incentivized to play the game. It's not fun. It's not enjoyable. You know? no. I enjoyed the campaign. Uh, yeah, but once that too. was all well done, you know, do you know what, Grizz? I really feel like, and I keep coming back to this, I, like you think about why uh, Destiny 2 does so well. You think about why WoW does so well. Why they have those, those people coming back over and over again. Yeah. And I really feel like it's because they have meaningful pinnacle content that you can go and do, like raids and shit like that. Whereas Diablo 4, it just feels like you're just going through this over and over again loop where the numbers just slightly go up every time. That's exactly you know, right. It's it's not particularly enjoyable. I, f I feel like if it actually had some, you know, uh, you know, hardcore raiding 
you know, that was mm. tough, you know, and you feel like you've got to work really hard with your friends to get through it. Of course, that exists with the numbers going up and up and up, but it's just, I don't find it as fulfilling as a thoughtfully well-crafted pinnacle dungeon or raid. And I feel like that's what um, Diablo 4 is missing. I mean, obviously it's missing a lot of fucking other shit, yeah. but I do really feel like that would help it. And I, I, I don't think we're going to see look, it. Well, look, Cap, the other thing that people were, were saying in a lot of their, um, the rise and fall of Diablo 4 was that uh, Blizzard have taken zero risks with Diablo 4. Yeah, absolutely. There, there is nothing that they haven't taken out of uh, um, the cookie cutter mold that isn't already done in another action RPG. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I don't, but, think, you know, I don't think raids and stuff like that will ever come to it. I hope, but yeah, I don't know. yeah. I don't. It, it would be sad if it doesn't. But I mean, you're right, and I mean, this is just again the state of AAA development. Why take risks when you know things will sell anyway? You well, know, fuck, look how much why, money they made from it, this. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, but dude, I mean, why do they keep making um fucking remakes of old games because they know that they'll get the nostalgia by? You know, yeah. Diablo Four. I mean, yes, it is a new game, but it's the same IP. Of course, people are going to buy it. People are big fans of Diablo, you know, mm. big hype train. Fucking thank you for your money. Okay. Now let's try and keep people on board. And if we can't, who cares? We've already made a billion dollars. And I suppose that's where they are at now. Yep. There you, there go, you Chris. go. Now, Cap, it's probably a good Diablo time to do the, do the uh, twi- uh, Twitter poll, mate, because it was uh, yeah. relating to the. Uh... To this kind of topic, what do you reckon? What do you reckon? Should we bang it yeah, in there? I reckon this is perfect timing, mate. Absolutely perfect timing. Do you want to go through um, the, uh, the, the question? Absolutely. So it was, with Diablo 4 coming to Steam alongside the release of Season 2, Seasons of Blood, how do you feel about Diablo 4? Yeah, so we had the following uh, potential answers to that question. You could have voted for keen to check out Season 2, Diablo 4 sucks, or results, please. Of those, results please got thirty seven point five percent of the vote, and Diablo Four sucks got all the rest of it. Keen to check out season two, didn't get a single vote. <laughs> Which is, you know, I don't sad. know whether that says something about OGR listeners, mate, but I don't know. That's that spells a pretty clear picture to me. I feel well, absolutely. I mean, yeah. look, I'm sure it's probably a uh, a fairly small sample size in the, in the vast scheme of things. But I mean, if you go and did the same in a Diablo Four community, I'm sure you probably get a little bit different. But ultimately, yeah. I don't think we're seeing an awful lot of people returning to for Season of Blood. So there um, you go. A couple of comments worth reading out there, Cap. One again, thank you very much, Moosey, for engaging with the poll, mate. Appreciate that. Gaining the ability to role play as a Blizzard executive in brackets, vampire, isn't a draw for me. <laughs> I have yet to play Diablo 4 and this update hasn't given me a reason to either. At this point, I don't know what would change my mind. Side note, how much of an issue is the multi uh, multiple launcher problem? Well, they are going to have cross-play, cross aren't they, Capo? So I believe should be fine. Yeah, um, but I mean... You will have to purchase it again if you want it on Steam. That's the that's the one. And Dano two nine nine said, "I'd rather play D 3 You know what? Um, I, I which, probably would too. Yeah, yeah right it's now. just a shame that D three looks like utter ass. Like it is old man. It has not aged well. No, it hasn't aged well. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like when you load into that, that character game? selector, <laughs> like, oh, have to be fifteen ish, thirteen ish uh, years now, wouldn't it? Yeah, easy. Like that, surely. Yeah, yeah, it'd be about that. Um, but yeah, there you go. Now, Grizz, I want to skip a a uh, discussion point to okay. chat, chat about um, something that I think hinges really nicely into this. And, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we have got more 
dev team layoffs. Like mm. it, they're just freaking happening thick and fast. You know, uh, I feel like every week we're kind of announcing that, oh, there's another another place that's lost a bunch of devs. Um, so recently uh, we had uh, Team 17, the producers and publishers of Worms, uh, lost a bunch of developers. Um, I don't think there was an exact number, uh, but it was uh, marketed as significant. Uh, we also had Naughty Dog uh, oh, lost no. a bunch of developers. Now, I can't it's Naughty Dog. Having- Naughty Dog, what do they do, Cap? Is that they um, did uh, Uncharted? They do oh, that's right. Uncharted. Um, they do yeah. Crash Bandicoot. Uh, oh no! They do all kinds. They're Aussie, of stuff. aren't they? They're Aussie. Naughty Dog. They uh, don't think so. I think they're uh, Americano, but um, they also do Last of Us. Um, so yeah, they're cutting a bunch of um, developers as well, um, and I I don't think this is the end of it, um, and. Uh, there's a lot of shit floating around online and, I mean, just a couple of things that I think are most certainly kind of, I don't know, just like, you know, adding to this whole thing. Why are we seeing all these companies dropping um, devs all the time? Um, obviously, we are, you know, there's some pretty significant economic pressures that are also affecting other media industries like yep. music and video. Um, we're seeing, like, we're, we're seeing, uh you know, strikes happening in all of those industries. We're going to be adding one in the video game industry probably fairly shortly because mm. we're seeing uh, video game industries not uh, providing, you know, enough compensation uh, for their voice actors. Um, and, yeah, we're probably going to continue to see this happen. Uh, there seems to be this weird melting pot, like, point that we've reached between, uh, you know, this switch between us moving to maybe some kind of subscription-based model for purchasing video games and what us as consumers are willing to purchase and less people are perhaps willing to purchase video games as regularly because there's less free cash floating around. So people are having to work harder for your hard-earned mulala uh, and as a result of that, uh, it's making it difficult to, uh, you know, obviously capture enough compensation for video games you're producing got to obviously also remember that you know video game production is a pretty fucking tough gig you know when you go out there and seek to produce a video game you're probably not going to make any money until you have done so so if your game takes you three to four years to release i hope that uh you know you you got a bit of cash in the in the pocket to be able to pay all your devs so um you know it doesn't there's still a lot of money floating around in uh the kind of sector i think um you know this year it was like 187 billion dollars or something ridiculous so there's still a lot of cash floating around but you know we've seen video games go from like 60 australian dollars to over 110 australian dollars in the last 10 years right that's yeah. a lot of money yeah 120 um, and I don't some think- of the ps5 ones mate yeah yeah exactly it's like nice. you know in terms of like your ratio of how that's been going like i mean holy fucking bully it's uh it's mental. So um, interestingly enough as well, like we're not really seeing wages of, you know, we're seeing all these devs getting laid off, but we're not really seeing things like CEO salaries or anything drop to sort of um, alter the compensation curve within industries, which I think is just fucking typical, right? Like, you know, you've got the people making all the big um 
decisions ensuring that they keep getting their big slice of pie you know we see guys like bobby kotick sitting at the top of his fucking money pile uh just fucking laughing uh, at all the uh, poor poor lowly devs that are losing their jobs yeah um but yeah it's um Look, it's Cap- i think you know I this won't some, be the last i want to do some uh, theories here capo but you know i think in the last three years um probably not only gaming but a, a number of industries including tech and and media as well have been impacted. And I can't help but think, you know, COVID-19, around 2019 hit, right? We were all kind of in our houses, bits and pieces. I did some digging today and had a look at the peak Twitch viewership numbers. So between 2019, 2021, there was anywhere between 3 million, 4 million daily views across Twitch. Uh, As of 2023 today, it's like a million less people are watching twitch really on a day-to-day so we're looking at about 2.2 million um and i wonder you know who knows mate i mean we were kind of all kind of inside and everything else but but tech as well cap is suffering immensely 2023 yeah um we see companies such such as cisco linkedin dropbox amazon all suffering layoffs in in 2023 um yeah being, being impacted yeah yeah well i think i think like you know tech industry and you know games industries come under the same kind of banner because they're in a similar kind of uh, sector but you know before covid and during covid we saw places like these scale because people were utilizing these services a lot during that time and Mm. i think as economically things have become tougher you know these companies have scaled quite large and now they're difficult to keep the lights on because you know now they've got a significant amount of employees and um probably operational costs i mean we literally just saw unity shit the bed uh probably a lot of it was their operational costs and needing to try and fight claw, claw some cash back to try and pay those off and i think the other issues we've got is so much money is being poured into video game projects and the size of them is fucking huge like yeah. you know okay diablo 4 made you know a billion dollars but i wonder like how much did it cost to make diablo 4 it was probably like in the hundreds of billions of dollars mark yeah, right i would say and so yeah you know, like you're thinking about that, okay, yes, it's a lot of money to make off the top of that, but you think about how much it used to cost to make triple A triple A games back, you know, say, say 10 years ago. It was never in the hundreds of millions of dollars, Mark. We've scaled insanely quickly. And so if your project suddenly fails, it is an insane loss, oh, so especially in a triple A size. Yeah, absolutely, you know? mate. Yeah. Like you're seeing, you're seeing like a devastatingly financial loss when your your project fails like yeah. that, right? So that's and, why you're seeing these AAA studios suffer so much, and we're seeing so many layoffs because people aren't winning as often as they used to. And you know, just to add to that, as technology increases, mate, it's only harder, right? The expectation around what we want to see in a video game is, um, you know, exacerbated. Not to say that obviously indie games with, um, you know, not so much graphical capability have their place, but Usually, those AAA studios are going after something that is, you know, nearly groundbreaking. So, yeah, you know, when, you, when you think of the That's time the to to make a game on on the current engine and everything else, and yeah, absolutely. But I go as far to say, Grizz, that the AAA's just aren't doing that anymore because it's not it's it's financially too risky to to do go and do like risky, interesting groundbreaking games the people that are doing that are the indies because they have the small teams that are able to go and 
make those risks and do it cheaply because their team sizes aren't hundreds and hundreds of developers. And they also uh, they take their time, Cap, because they're not under time pressure. They take their them. time because they can do it in their spare time. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's an, it's an interesting one and we've kind of touched on it before, but I think we are really starting to see the seams pop open in some of uh, the, you know, the sector. It's just, I don't think this is going to be the last time we see some pretty significant layoffs, you know, in the coming mm. days. So mm. you uh, <clears throat> keep your eyes peeled. There you go, Negris. Um, just a quick update. We did speak about, you know, the SAG after talks and we kind of just mentioned them there. Uh, the SAG is the Studio Actors Guild or something along those lines. Um, same for the word after, some shit like that. Anyways, they have voice actors as part of their union cohort. Uh, and we did discuss that they would be looking to probably strike soon. Uh, they had one last chat uh, chance at a deal last week with chatting to some of the big players in uh you know the you know the the video game companies that are utilizing services from these actors guilds uh and no deal was struck so we may very well be seeing uh some voice acting strikes imminent uh, and that would of course have effects on projects so you might yeah. be seeing mm -hmm. delays that you weren't expecting in some video games kind of what has been happening with the Writers Guild of America strike we saw recently that recently just ended. I think that was something like, like it was fucking huge, like almost a year or something like that. Uh, how many? Uh, 148 day strikes. I mean, that's, that's the majority wow. of a year, right? So, you know, and that had massive consequences for the timeline of certain projects getting done. Um, so, and so that we could very well see a similar thing happen with the SAG after, I don't know if it'll be as effective because I think when it comes to voice acting, uh, there's a lot of talent that is outside of union bodies like SAG after, uh, and we less beholden to big names and, uh, they don't have as much pull in the voice acting sector, but I, I, I think it will have some effect. Did you watch the whole of the, uh, Season two Diablo Four trailer, Cap. Just out of curiosity, uh, I did see that there was someone from TV uh, was doing voicing for one of the new characters, and yeah. I don't know who she. Was they really like, I don't know. It's a bit. I drummed was it up. Kind of, yeah, they drummed it up big time. They're like talking about you know um, who was voice acting one of the new vampire hunters, and um, yeah, she does this, this, and this, and it's going to be great to take on this role. But I thought it was thought it was a little bit out of. Um, left field but kind of potentially makes sense now that we've got a bit of this drama surrounding some of the voice actors in video games and and this potential strike yeah uh, absolutely yeah i think um you know again marketing trying to get the word out but um i don't know i, I think we'll probably see less of that in the next in the coming days so it's gonna be interesting to see how this if when if we do get a strike and see what what effect yeah. that has on upcoming projects now Grizz, before we finish the quest log today i wanted to quickly yep. talk about this one story that i thought was fucking awesome so um titanfall 2 titanfall 1 both incredible games done by mm -hmm. respawn they now kind of own and operate apex legends which has been a huge success for them uh and also did the star wars uh jedi video games um what, the, so, the original ones mate or the which uh, as in the more recent ones oh, that is like the, the soulsy kind of ones yeah yeah cool uh, with Great. redhead jedi man um yeah what's his name cal, cal kestis yeah kestis that's the one um so anyways um like you know 
people have been frothing for a Titanfall 3 for ages because it's just a very, it's not particularly unique in any particular way. I think just their approach to like traversal and how the game felt was just great. Like you, you know, wall running and using like zips to zip between things and then getting in your mech and getting back out of your mech. And it just felt really tight and like a, just a fucking good shooter, really, really good shooter. Uh, anyways, uh, you know, people have been frothing for a Titanfall 3 and it's still got like quite a close-knit community that are, you know, still very desperate to get their hands on a Titanfall 3 to the point where recently uh, Titanfall 2 got a series of updates which like addressed different things like old server bugs and issues that just hadn't been addressed properly. Uh, but they also added a new like kind of multiplayer playlist Uh and, you know, again, like, you know, the community for Titanfall 3, uh, they are getting to Half-Life 3 levels of speculation where it's like, you know, any opportunity for any kind of speculation is, mm-hmm. is you know, well and truly memed upon. Uh, so the new, the name for the new playlist for Titanfall 2 mm-hmm. that they added as this one-off kind of server bug fix was called The Other Side. Now... The other side is a Red Hot Chili Peppers song, Ooh, and it's yeah, the it. third yeah. single in their Californication album. Okay, the hint there being the third song in the album is this. Oh no! Are you just connect- <laughs> are they just connecting numbers up? This is like conspiracy theory for Titanfall. Yeah, exactly. Man, <laughs> it was just a hint at Titanfall three. Okay. Oh, uh, anyways, God. I just thought it was so fucking hilarious because like they are literally clutching at straws just trying to get this over the line. And I don't know, will it happen? Who fucking knows? But regardless, very very fucking funny. <clears throat> so. Yeah, great stuff. Uh, I I really hope that we see a Titanfall 3 because that game was brilliant. Um, Kind of a lot of like Kiwi voice actors in that game as well, which I thought was really rad. I'm pretty sure Respawn might have been Kiwi from memory, but um, I do do remember Titanfall 2 not being as, um, uh, what do you call it, popular. And it came out around the time of Battlefield one of the battlefields um and you know just kind of got blown out of the water despite being a much better game than battlefield uh so yeah anyways if you get a chance to go and check out titanfall 2 try and pick it up when it's on special because it is a cracker the campaign in titanfall 2 mwah, chef's Dude, kiss i've never Brilliant. played a titanfall game cafe so there you go mate go give it a crack mate <laughs> um but yeah anyways there you go that was the freaking quest log uh but grizz what i want to know next mate is How's your fucking gaming been going, my good friend? Pretty good. I actually haven't been playing any new video games this week, Capo, over last week. But I tell you what, I have been having an absolutely fantastic time gaming. Um, I've now racked up, officially, Cap, over 100 hours in Binding of Isaac. And I reckon I'm not even halfway through working my way through that game. So... um, I've been, yeah, playing a bit of that in my spare time, but also I did uh, say at the start of the stream today that I've been smashing a heap of Dota 2, won 15 ranked games out of 16, so we're climbing. I'm getting ready for TI later in the year. Pretty Hell excited yeah, about brother. that. Um, and also, yeah. yeah, smashing away on Baldur's Gate 3 with a couple of good friends. Actually, one of the guys in the chat, Belly, is here, is um, our good friend Belly, uh, and he is in, we're playing Baldur's Gate 3 together, so that's been pretty cool. Um, Shit, yeah. Working our way through that, um, I just can't. That it just continually surprises me, Cap. And you know, I think the thing that surprises me the most is 
the voice acting is constantly good all the time. Yeah. And there's just so never, many different it never fails. It never fails, mate. There's so many cool different little things that happen. Like, oh, look, did you did you come across the um chick covered in gold cap? Yeah. And fucks you up. I end up get accidentally giving her all my gold and then she was super powerful and <laughs> fucked us up big time. <laughs> Dude, so. I got I I because I'm hyper charismatic as a warlock, I like just annihilated her with her own logic and she like killed herself. What? Oh man. Like I didn't have to do the fight at all. She asked me for gold and I was like, yeah, I'll give you a dollar. Gave her a dollar. And then she was like, and then I asked her again, oh, how much gold? And she asked for more gold. And I gave her another couple of dollars. And then I asked her, how much gold do you need? And she was like, all of it. And all of a sudden combat started and we're getting fucked up. And she took all of my gold. Like yeah. that all of it I'm thing pretty was sure the more gold you have in your, in, in your inventory, the more damage she does. Yeah. Dude, she had like 700 HP or something crazy at the start of that yep. fight. It was nuts oh jesus yeah that's a lot yeah. <clears throat> wow yeah. so you've got yeah. to, you've got to kill these little things around the room spoilers block your ears if you haven't played this section yet um and when you kill them the some of the gold loses its effect and she drops it and her hp slowly uh. goes down and down i tell you what man one thing i was speaking to adrian about this but he reckons and i reckon they've pulled every trick in the book in terms of like uh, a dm um, like tropes, you know. Yeah. Um, there's just so many Which, good little things that happen in that. I game. think is great because it makes you think about your own D and D experiences and compare them to what you're experiencing within Baldur's Gate Three. Which is, you know, like that's what you want from a game that's trying to pull so much out of um, out of out of a D and D kind of rule set, right? And what you want to kind Absolutely. of get that nostalgia, but also be introduced to a new cool story. So, yeah, but my gaming's been going good. Cap, look, that's pretty much it. I haven't touched Lies of P again yet, uh, but I do plan no, to jump back I. into that. Um, but yeah, yeah. What about you, mate? How is your gaming going? You fitting some in? Pretty good. Yeah. So, look, I um, I did spend a fair bit of time in Cyberpunk. I've pretty much progressed all the main mission to the point where if I continue any further, the game ends and I did try out a singular ending just to see what it was like. Uh, and now I've set foot into the new DLC, which is pretty good. I've done um, the DLC starts off with you going into this new place in cyberpunk. Um, well, in night city uh, called Dogtown, and Dogtown's like this, it's like this old, um, like broken down stadium that's been turned into like its own district within Night City, but it's like completely lawless. There's no um, there's no police presence there because it's been kind of taken over by this Michelin group, and um, they've kind of made it their own. And uh, you basically uh, get a tip off from this random person. They say, "Hey, uh, need your help? Kind of come to Dogtown." You go there. And then you find out that uh, the president's fucking plane is being forcefully pulled down into Dogtown and uh, they need you to help out. And so that starts your mission for getting into Dogtown, which is under heavy 
kind of guard and you you know normally people can't get in so you're you with the help of this uh, net runner uh, get into Dogtown and the game kind of starts now you get in there and like you go through this shop section and there's all these weapons in there that are like just hectic expensive and like way better than the shit that you've seen so yeah, yeah it's very it's a cool way to kind of you know um, give you access to all that kind of stuff and and then you kind of get into the meat of it you kind of see the plane come down and then all of a sudden you're trying to help the president escape from this uh, this crash and um, you've got the Michelin hot in your tail um, and so that's kind of where I got to they also introduce uh, a separate trait system where they give you extra abilities to make your kind of main um, weapons and uh, avenues through the other trait system in the game uh, make them more powerful. Um, so I've been going with like the kind of dexterous like arm blades that kind of come out of your arms and you can do this massive leap and just like execute people hey, and it's cool. fucking cool and it looks so fucking cool. Um, and you're playing yeah, this on your really? PC PC cap? You're not Steam Deck you're playing it on remote PC. Playing? Yeah, and doing a bit of uh, remote dicking. So. Okay. Um, it's been really good, man. Um, I'm really quite enjoying the cyberpunk. Uh, just I haven't really been doing a lot of uh, awful lot of side content. Just wanted to get the DLC done, and um, just wanted to get through the majority of the of the the main story. So gonna gonna do the the main kind of storylines. Won't be doing any of the side gigs and stuff. Just just knocking out the you know the main characters and kind of going from there. And I'm really enjoying it. Um, kind of making my way through it fairly quickly and just mm. enjoying the ride. Um, but yeah, exceptional game actually. It's it's funny um, playing Cyberpunk and having played Starfield so recently, and having those two juxtaposed side by side. Like it bothers me so much that Starfield got such a free pass on release when it's it's just so fucking boring, so pathetically fucking boring. And then you have Cyberpunk that just has it oozes a lot of really good. Uh, narrative and um approach to character interpersonal relationships and um you know the world itself is is a lot more just <clears throat> dynamic and um just well put together uh and yeah I, I mean obviously cyberpunk had a horrific launch i totally get that yeah. but yeah. when it comes to just being an experience cyberpunk is just so much more vibrant on every level compared to starfield um and it just bothers me that people just went, just gave it the old Bethesda seal of approval. No worries. I'm sure we can mod uh, a decent game into this uh, with our great community once the modding comes out. Um, yeah. Don't Here anger those Bethesda fans again, Cap. They'll bloody come hunting <laughs> I for know. you. They'll get me. They'll get me. Um, yeah, yeah. But yes, I played a shitload of Cyberpunk. Now, I actually downloaded another game on a complete whim because I had a um, co-nap with um, my son, Ted, and he was fast asleep. And I thought, fuck, I'm going to play something just new on my on my Steam Deck because I just wanted to play something fairly um, easygoing and chilled. And so I just went onto the Steam you know, storefront. And did just you had a use bit of the recommended and... page, Cap, or how did you find this? did use the recommended game. page. It's and the recommended good. page is really good for Steam Deck because good. it gives you like, you know, here's the games that run well on Steam Deck and what's being played by ah. the people. So you get a pretty good idea of what will run well and <clears throat> what's probably going pretty well. This one game came onto my radar called Cocoon. Mm. Now, I kind of saw screenshots and it kind of looked like a low-poly, uh, fairly low-fi puzzle game. And I thought, yeah. I'll give that a crack. That looks pretty good. It was on special. I think it was about 20% off. 
the game revolves around you being this like bug man in this weird kind of space uh, kind of area, like on these planets. Uh, and you're running around doing these puzzles from a top-down perspective. Um, again, sort of low-poly vibes, but, um, you know, very soft and nice, um, you know, particle systems and stuff. It, it, like the the effects look really great within the game. Uh, and you're, you're running around to these different machines and stuff, and uh, you're kind of like trying to figure out how they work uh, and, you know, doing these interesting puzzles with these machines you find. Um, and the machines are kind of like insectified as well. Dang. Anyways, you're kind of progressing through and you're finding these orbs and you can go in and out of the orbs and then take things in and out of the orb and go to different areas. And inside the orbs, there's like different worlds you're going to. Sounds a bit fucking all over the shop, but you kind of got to <laughs> stick with me. Uh, and then you're finding these other massive insects that are like bosses and then you're fighting these bosses in a much more puzzly way you haven't got you can't shoot you can't do anything like that but you can interact with these objects and use them to like lay traps and bombs and stuff and honestly it's been a fucking delightful enjoying little chilled out okay. game i am loving it so much and i think it's it's overwhelmingly positive on steam i can absolutely see why it's right. uh just incredibly thoughtful clever puzzle mechanics and the way that you're weaving these different worlds within worlds and trying to think about, okay, I need to take this out of this world so I can get past this thing. But how do I do that with what I've got? And it really makes you think outside of three dimensions because you're trying to think, okay, <clears throat> okay this is what I've got access to and, you know, kind of go from there. But yeah, if you're looking for a puzzle game, Cocoon is an Cocoon. absolute must okay. play. Well, I honestly out, think man. it's going to be up there for me with game of the year. Wow. Better than Baldur's Gate three, cat shit, dude. I'm serious. Like, I mean, it's not it's not a Baldur's Gate three, but it's yeah, it's just as in terms of being a unique, very neatly put together, um, just product. It just does so fucking well on the puzzle front. Um, and you know, I I love a good puzzle game where uh, I don't feel like I have to Google um you know, uh, solutions because the the puzzles are just too obtuse. With this game, I feel like I just need to, like, I don't have to brute force it or anything. I just, it just clicks and it's a very satisfying click. It's not like a, oh, fuck, okay, well, yeah, okay, no worries. That's how you did it, do it. It's like, oh, that, so that works with that and that's how that goes. And, oh, what if I try this and then I try that? And, oh, dude, it's just very satisfying, works highly well, satisfying. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, really, real cracker game. So if you're looking for a little fun indie um, puzzling kind of experience, go and try Cocoon. It is 100% worth your money and the devs, devs 100% deserve your cashola. So cool. go and check it out. But yeah, so there you fucking go, Grizzler. Uh, now, um, shall we start the fucking old rapid fire Grizzler game, 86? Do it, mate. He's a Francesco. It's in the, the freaking game, baby. Now, look, Pav's not here to uh, do the old eye roll, so we can uh, sh shit on yeah. our favourite uh, podcast sponsor all we want. Uh, but the thank you so much, uh, DJ sponsor. Francesco. Yeah, yeah mm -hmm. it's completely official, and uh, they have uh, very, uh, every idea that it's happening. So uh, now, one thing quickly going to touch on, Grizz, and I'm going to pull it out of the top of the run sheet. Uh, CSGO fans, uh, CS2 fans are not particularly happy 
uh, we have, as they've lost a shitload mm. of um, features from uh, Counter-Strike uh, Go, um, Global Offensive. Now, one thing I noticed, and it's partially why I looked into this, it doesn't have gun game. There's no gun no game. No gun game. What? That's so, like quintessential, haven't played oh, CS man. for a while, let's go play gun game. Exactly. It's even the quintessential, like, I can't be fucked playing competitive. I'm going to go and just play something fun. Yeah. Go and play gun game. You know, for those at home that don't know what we're talking about, gun game was a, uh, <clears throat> it's a mode where you would uh, start off with a really shit gun and you'd slowly work yourself up all the guns as you got mm. kills. And then the final gun would be a knife and you had to knife someone in the back to, to win the game. That's right. Um, yeah. And it was—it's a fun game, mate. Really, really fun. You, you sort of make your way through all the shotguns, and you make yourself make your way through all the machine guns and uh, the SMGs and stuff. And uh, yeah, it, it's just a fucking fun way to play CS. But uh, yeah, it's just missing. And alongside that, you're missing uh, a bunch of different uh, competitive maps and wingman maps. You're missing arms race. Uh, you're missing max support. Max support's been completely dropped. <clears throat> You're also missing 128 tick rate. Can you not uh, play on Mac? Wow. There you go. You can't play a Mac anymore. Like Mac, the, the Mac version is just gone, <laughs> which is just wild. <laughs> That's fucking um, weird, dude. I yeah, wonder how 100%. many people were playing on Mac. Curious to know. Probably a reasonable amount. I mean, you know, if you're a Mac gamer, you haven't got many options. So you probably, you know, might have been one of your options. Excuse me. Um, but then you're also oh. missing a bunch of uh, like just uh, like uh, co- uh, not cheat codes, but like, um, oh God, what are you freaking like console commands, Grizz, you know, like things like uh, crosshair stuff and net graphs and stuff yeah, to look at your ping. Because it used to be, I remember, I remember fucking with my crosshair back when I played CS. Like, to draw Yeah, that you did it through the console. Stuff. I mean, yeah. look, they do have a much better crosshair um you know uh editor now but mm. still people love doing are it are they going to be bringing so... this stuff in eventually cap like gun game and things are they going to be coming back look to... i'd say probably they'll slowly bring it back um but you know it's you know again we've been talking about how <clears throat> big companies like to drop things early and get things out on the market asap because you know got to start making some cashola so they obviously decided to pull the trigger on this because they wanted to make some cashola. So um, there you go. Here you go. Yeah. So so Capo, uh, another news, mate. Marvel Avengers, uh, the live service game, is no longer available. I believe uh, it is no more. Three, three years after launch. Cap, is this an Embracer Group thing? Um, this whole story? Uh, no, I can't remember exactly which. I think it's Crystal Dynamics. It it oh no you're right it was um embracer um owner embracer yeah you know you are so crystal dynamics is a subsidiary or is a development studio owned by embracer group embracer group have been shedding a lot Mm. of developers from their different um, development studios recently um and crystal dynamics was um, has not been spared either Uh, now uh, Marvel Avengers the like live service game did really poorly. Uh, I think it like massively shat the bed. Was it terrible, uh, dude, or what? Like I, it was I'd, really bad. I can't remember it, exactly yeah, okay. what the issues with it were, but it just was a, like a really bad game. Um, mm. 
Uh, now, the, the Embracer group are basically, it's not available in shop fronts um, anymore. I think you can still play the game if you have it. Uh, but all of the single player, multiplayer elements are technically still perfectly playable, but you cannot pick the game up anywhere. It's gone. <laughs> Shit. Fun. So, so people that yeah, still have it can still play it. I'm up. pretty sure, uh, I don't know, maybe not. My, I mean, my, I think my brother's kids are right into Marvel. I wonder whether they... Is there a subscription cap or is it just a once-off I'm payment? I'm not too sure how it worked. It might have, I think it was just a once-off purchase, but there was a heap of DLC and stuff you could buy and, you know, season passes and all that bullshit. So, yeah, it was all available. Now, Grizz, Obsidian, which is the makers of Fallout and a bunch of other shit, Yep. original makers of Fallout, uh, they produced a video game called Pillars of Eternity uh, and they want to make the third iteration of that game, uh, which I think is a fairly popular game. Uh, but now I'm, that they're I'm owned by Microsoft, mm. yeah, absolutely. Uh, but now that they're owned by Microsoft, they have to wait for Microsoft to give them the call up. So uh, oh, maybe we, you know, we might see it with the success of Baldur's Gate 3. Who yeah, knows? I actually don't think Pillars of Eternity uh, reviewed very well. Uh, I really enjoyed it, but I don't. Uh, no, cop nines and things. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's. I think it's as far radar. as a like a what do you call it a uh, CRPG goes, which is you know what you categorize that as. Yeah, um, pretty well. I think the soundtrack the was, was great in that game. I still got. I've got yeah. some of the, that soundtrack from that game in the in the D and D um, playlist. Yeah, I think we'll probably find, I mean, yeah, music, banger, you know, banger fucking soundtrack. So you're right. I mean, they did a lot of really good things. Even just like the narratives was quite good. And I think it was just a fairly neatly put together <laughs> RPG experience. But I don't think right. we're going to see much until uh, Microsoft gets an inkling as to how their next game goes, which I can't remember what they called that thing, but it's kind of like the sky, like the the whimsical looking Skyrim game that Obsidian has coming out. Um, mm. I can't remember what you call it. Obsidian Games. Uh, it is called. Is it avowed? I think it's avowed. I honestly uh, do feel like these top-down RPGs, though, yeah. Cap, um, that we see since the success of Baldur's Gate Three, will be popular. I mean, we we know that people yeah. now that they've finished Baldur's Gate Three are going back to Divinity: Original Sin Two. If you look on that subreddit right now, it is popping. A lot of people coming across saying, you know, I have finished Baldur's Gate Three. I've heard. This game is great from the same dev and and jumping into into that. And enjoying so, it. Yeah. Well, yeah, it could go two ways, Grids. It could be people going, yeah, wicked, awesome games. But then, <clears throat> you know, how do people follow up Baldur's Gate 3 and make something of that high caliber? Yeah. Um, especially when we're seeing yeah. these AAA studios not being able to cut the mustard as, as well as other studios. And Larian seemed to be... Uh, you know, like the poster boys of, you know, just being able to get shit done properly. So I don't know. It'll, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, we've got a Warhammer Rogue Trader CRPG coming out, um, which is in the 40K universe. Hmm. Will it be as good? I don't know. We'll find out. Um, and, you know, we had devs saying, hey, don't hold us to the same, you know, light as, uh, you know, Baldur's Gate 3 and and whatnot. But the thing is, other CRPGs in the same field are probably going to be, you know, juxtaposed against Baldur's Gate 3. It's that simple. So there you Absolutely. go. Absolutely. Um, Cap, a Final Fantasy fourteen player becomes the first to earn all 2,000 uh, achievements, which 
and just looking at the Reddit here, apparently um, there are achievements in there that would take a minimum of seven years of daily playing to complete and working towards the achievement completion. Um, the game has been out for 10, so this person's a bit of a bit of a mad dog, mate. Yeah. Yeah, so I think, yeah, it was something like... Um, so it, it's... Uh, before you get confused, it's technically not seven years of daily gameplay. It's the quests that amount to what would take 7.5 years oh to generate. God. So God. it's not that you can't just smash them out in seven years. It's that the game had to have been out for 7.5 plus years for you to get the enough regenerated content to finish oh the achievement. God. <laughs> it's like going doing dailies in WoW every day. Uh, for, yeah, for that exactly. Because, but you, and it's like saying, okay, um, you know, to uh, get this achievement, you have to have done um, 50, uh, let's say 70 uh, daily quests, right? But the daily quests are, you're going to get 10 per year. Uh, mm. That's basically the same thing. You know, it's what we're looking at here. So that's the kind of shit. Like, but it's just wild. Some of the other shit in there, man. Like, you know, some of the other um, uh, crazy like um, things you had to have done was uh, three of the uh, crazy hard, difficult dungeons had to be done solo. Apparently like that in itself is like, you know, there's only a few people who've done it. Yep. Um, There's also 64 different relic weapons that are in the game. Um, You know, a a player completing every single one of those is basically unheard of. Um, You know, win 5,000 PVP matches, um, do just just a man i'm just looking at some of these just insane absolutely insane so nuts um, yeah right yeah absolute mad dog this is like <clears throat> i think this is like a pure pinnacle gaming achievement like i don't think people realize the extent to like full gamer you need to be and dedication to get that it's actually kind of wild so congratulations this legend now gris yes uh, red dead redemption has received an update 1.03 which adds 60 fps for the ps5 now that is red dead redemption one not two nuts cat why don't they do that for bloodborne mate bastards um because they're cowards they're cowards Cowards. they are fucking cowards is why kazi's jumping out of his skin right now red dead redemption what redemptions Probably the redemption. only Red Dead Redemption one player. Actually, I think he plays number two. <laughs> but that's pretty cool, well, though. So I'd yeah. imagine number two is already 60 frames, isn't it? Uh, I don't know. Good question. I'd actually go as far to say probably not. It's probably like 30 to 45 or something on next year. Okay. Yeah, know. right. Good question. Very cool. Um, Capo, 68% of Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Liberty sales were on PC. So we're all elite gamers now, none of this console garbage, you know? Yeah, get rid of the consoles, just go straight to PC, I reckon. Yeah. Uh, un- unnecessary, unneeded. Um, but, yeah, there you go, 68%. That's that's big fucking numbers, mate. Um, it is, yeah. So, yeah, cray-cray. Now, Grizz, Redfall <laughs> does not have enough concurrent players on Steam to fill a full team. Does that mean that people Which can't go play the game or what? Eight. <laughs> well, you can still play solo, but if you wanted to have a team and find one publicly, uh, I think Far you need four out. players to fill a team and they don't even have four concurrent players. So, Cap, there's an example right there of a game. I wonder how much money they spent to develop that game. And- <sighs> oh, man. 
honestly, I'm kind of sad that they they failed so hard on that game because, <clears throat> like, Arcane Studios do some great games, but they just mm. couldn't get Redfall to work. And I, I, I really want to see them do Prey 2 because Prey is a phenomenal game. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I think it's a bit worrying. So we'll see what happens. Okay. Cap, the gift that keeps on giving on this one, mate. We've been talking about this for probably the life of this podcast, I reckon. Oh, man, ridiculous. Uh, the FTC is challenging Microsoft's $69 billion buyout of Activision again. The agency will continue to attempt to block the deal despite being repeatedly uh, rebuffed. So I don't yep. know in what grounds they're blocking it. I haven't read the article a lot yet, but yeah, keeps on no, going. It doesn't man. matter. I don't think it's going to go through. I think they've already, um, you know, they've uh, already fired their uh, their load, and I think uh, it didn't uh, hit the target. So yeah, I think they're just uh, cl- clutching at straws and probably backed by some uh, sour pusses uh, that. Uh, you know, want them to perform, but it's not going to happen. So mm-hmm. if they couldn't do it the first time, I can't see them doing it this time. Now, Grizz, Dota yeah. 2's international prize pool is at a historical low. So the prize pool is traditionally, uh, you know, partially um, subsidized by the uh, the battle pass that comes out every year. And, yeah. you know, a certain percentage of battle pass sales goes towards the uh, the prize pool of the Dota's two international, which is their huge competitive tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, at one stage, I think it was like over forty million dollars or something ridiculous. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, and it's always been the biggest prize pool for any esport. Uh, Dota two has always yeah. carried that uh, for this yeah. one particular event. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so now I think the prize pools at something like uh, what two is million, it? Uh, it's two point four. Yeah, million. two yeah. two million, which is, I mean, Look, that's. Fuck all Look, in comparison. Just add, I just want to add some context here. Um, they've changed the recipe of the compendium that you buy, the battle pass. Yeah. So I have bought the battle pass. I've sunk 50 bucks into it. Now, the way that the battle pass has worked in the past is you would get a bunch of hats, cosmetics, Dota 2 items and stuff and couriers, wards, and depending on, uh, there'd be cool little like um, um, cavern crawl that you could do and you could unlock things. The Battle Pass compendium for the International this year is they don't give you anything. You don't get anything. It's all based around just the competition. There's a fantasy league. Um, there is like a bunch of points, but essentially you're, the, the compendium isn't giving you anything back. You're not getting any cosmetics or, or no rewards. So people just haven't bought it, Cap. People have not bought the Battle Pass this time around, so the, the crowdfunding isn't there. A bit disappointing, mate. I must admit, like if I, I'll probably refund mine because I don't know, man. I'm not that interested in fantasy. Really, it's not giving me anything back. So. No, it's a bit of a shame because I think a lot of players used it as a good tool to come back into the game and get excited about the game again. Yeah. Um, you know, Valve did say that they're going to be working more on like bigger updates and less on like just meaning like not as meaningful kind of updates and content, which maybe did kind of mean the battle pass. But it's a shame because I think like. You know, having a shitload of money on the table for a competitive game is fucking exciting. Yeah. You know, well, when dude, we saw battle- Team Spirit win, you know, a couple of years back, like that was fucking really cool. Dota is my most played game and I have bought the Compendium every year, whether or not I'm even playing Dota at the time, just because I like to get the hats and other bits and pieces. And I also actually like supporting the sport. I actually like the fact that the money that I'm putting into that Compendium goes into the prize pool for the pro teams. And I actually quite like that part of it. But 
Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I just don't feel like they have hit the nail on the head with such a big change in what it's offering the players to crowdfund the the prize pool this year. I think you need the you need the hats, mate. All right, that's what we fucking buy it for. The hats hey. are cool. Look, it's 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 surprising in a day and age where um, you know you see so many companies trying to pump battle passes uh, and. You know, you see a company kind of go backwards on their offerings and uh, a battle pass that traditionally sells exceptionally well uh, mm. do so exceptionally poorly. Uh, yeah, I wonder, yeah, why, wonder who made the decision to not do that, I wonder. I don't know. I don't know. You'd, you'd love to be a fly on the wall listening to their marketing and, um, you know, internal kind of like uh, communications about their decision-making processes. But, um, yeah, who fucking knows, man? Absolutely. Now, Cap, um, announcement of the discontinuation of online services for the Nintendo 3DS and Wii U software uh, software in early April 2024. There you go. It's done, mate. Yep. Yep. So you won't be able to purchase things off the store, I don't believe. Uh, You'll have to... I think you can still download stuff if you own it, but you can't continue to buy things and, you know, know, kind of et cetera. So, yeah, there you go. Now, Grizz, final story on the old fucking rapid fire. Uh, NVIDIA's had its uh, its uh, its office raided by the French com- Competition Authority. <laughs> uh, now, okay. which is pretty fucking wild, honestly. Um, it looks like NVIDIA are kind of trying to kind of sweep this on the carpet with, oh, we have no idea why they possibly want this. Uh, do this, uh, but it looks like it's probably something to do with Ooh. like a highly anti-competitive um, kind of chipset that they they kind of I, I don't understand it fully, um, but they essentially managed to completely monopolize the market in AI related chipsets and yeah. fuck everyone over essentially. So uh, I think they're probably it has something probably to do with that. Uh, and we'll probably find out more in okay. the coming days. Yeah, see where so, that lands, right? Yeah. Cool. So I think, uh, yeah, like uh, you know, any comp- competition of this scale is pretty fucked. And yeah, um, yeah I think uh, it's going to be interesting to see what comes out of this one. So there you fucking go. Um, there you go. Speaking of there you fucking go, that's the episode. Um, we did it. What was the time like that? without Pav breathing down our backs? Cap, One hour fucking? 37, baby. Pretty Oy. good. On the money. We did it. Not bad. Um, so, yeah, well done, mate. Well done. We uh, we, we got there. Uh, but, yeah, anyways, um, look, really appreciate you being here again. If you would like to watch this uh, normally live, you can do so by going to uh, twitch.tv slash Oceanic Gaming Radio. Follow us there. We go live every Monday from 7 p.m. Australian Western Standard Time. Uh, you can listen to us on any of your favorite podcasting platforms. Just look up OGR or Oceanic Gaming Radio. Or if you want it to make it really easy for you, go to OGR.show. That is our website. It's got our links to everything, including our Discord, our Twitter, where you can vote our Twitter polls. Uh, you know, Patreon, if you want to join us, you know, pay us some cash. Be great. Hasn't Help got our TikTok on there yet, bills. but we do have a TikTok as well. No. We got a TikTok as well, which uh, we will get that up there as uh, soon. Soon, yeah. TM. See the hot takes. Um, mm-hmm. Exactly. So get excited for that. Um, but yeah, keep an eye out for um, all our socials. We're going to be dropping um, kind of little bite-sized content pieces here and there. 
Um, but yeah, other than that, just want to say thank you. If you could do us a big favor and uh, tell someone us about us, tell someone about us, or drop a review, we'd really appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you guys next week on the Oceanic Gaming Radio. Uh, peace out, legends. Bye for now.